Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. After the day of Pentecost, the early church began to grow. Thousands were coming to faith in Yeshua, believing that Jesus truly was the Messiah. The early believers were meeting daily in homes. They were sharing meals, retelling the stories of Jesus. The apostles were teaching in the temple courts as the crowds would gather to listen to the point that the Jewish religious leaders were becoming so angry with these followers of the way. See, they thought they had taken care of this Jesus from Nazareth. But his followers continued to preach and to teach people about his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. And it says in the book of Acts that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, as you can imagine, the Sadducees and the Pharisees tried to put a stop to it. They arrested the disciples multiple times, questioned them before the council, even commanded them to stop talking about Jesus. And I love how Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop sharing about everything we have seen and that we have heard. And it says another 5,000 were added to the church that day. But with this great growth comes even greater persecution. Jesus had in fact warned them that they would have to face persecution. He told them in John chapter 15, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And in Matthew chapter 10, he, he told them, you will be hated by everyone because of me, which is a good reminder for us even today. As Christians, we, we should expect persecution. Instead of being surprised by it or even hurt when it comes, we should expect it and not let it shake us from our faith or make us question God. Well, as the church grows, problems emerge. They face some uh, growing pains. Some of the widows were being overlooked in the distribution of food, so the apostles asked for seven reputable men full of the Holy Spirit to serve the needs of the church. They were called deacons. The root word there means servant or waiter. And the only qualifications were that they would be full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom. One of the seven deacons was a young man named Stephen. And Luke says he was full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of power. And he was also pretty bold. See, Stephen didn't back down from sharing the gospel of Jesus with anybody he met. He didn't care who was listening. And it tells us in Acts chapter six that Stephen stirred up the religious leaders because everything that he said was so convincing about the person and the power of Jesus. So they ended up bringing false accusations against him, saying that he had blasphemed against God and even against Moses. So he's brought before the religious council and there he was allowed to defend himself. And when he does, he preaches an amazing sermon about the history of God's chosen people and how all the prophets pointed to this coming Messiah, but how God's people always rejected the prophets, even killed some of the prophets, just as they had killed Jesus, the righteous one. And with that, man, the members of the Sanhedrin dragged Stephen out of the city to have him killed. Now, once outside the city, they would have brought him to a place like this. It says that they laid down their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, and they began to hurl large stones at Stephen until he died. See, death by stoning was a painful and, and slow, tragic death. 
And it tells us that as Stephen was dying, he echoed the words of Jesus from the cross where he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And as he gave up his final breath, Stephen became the first Christian martyr persecuted for his faith in Jesus. Now, for most of us, it's it's hard to relate to this story. Growing up in America with our religious freedoms, we are free to worship God any way we want. So it's hard to imagine being persecuted for our faith, especially put to death for just believing in Jesus. But the truth is, our Christian brothers and sisters all around the world today are being persecuted daily for their faith in Christ. In countries like North Korea, Afghanistan, Libya, Colombia, men and women and even children are being killed simply because they follow Jesus. Millions of Christians around the world, they live with daily persecution, suffering, imprisonment, all because they follow Jesus. In fact, more Christians are being persecuted and even killed today for their faith than at any other time in history. Let that sink in. More than any other time in history, right now, our brothers and sisters are being persecuted because they're following Jesus. Man, when I think about that and when I think about what Stephen went through, that he stood up for his faith, even though it would cost him his life, that he didn't shrink back, that challenges me. I don't wanna, I don't wanna follow Jesus just for what he can do for me. I don't wanna follow Jesus just when he's answering my prayers hanging around for the blessing, but when things all of a sudden are going my way, I'm gone. So today we're gonna learn from the life of Stephen. We're gonna talk about how you and I can build an unshakable faith, a faith that doesn't bend or break even when persecution comes our way. Hi, my name is John Hernandez. And I'm Maritza. And we are the directors of Children's Impact Network. This is a recent prayer request from a pastor. He says, please pray for us. They are burning our houses. They're cutting our people with machetes. They are killing our children. They are imprisoning our brothers and sisters in the faith. They are taking our homes and they have kidnapped some of us. Two of our pastors were recently put in cages for their faith, but nothing will take away the faith that we have in Christ. pastor and his family, they were on their way home from church and they were confronted and uh, they took his life there in the middle of the street. And as he fell forward, uh, his wife was holding on to him and his Bible hit the ground and slid forward down the sidewalk. And as that happened, the blood began to stain the pages of his Bible. And immediately uh, his oldest son ran and picked up the Bible. And as he picked up the Bible, he came back to the mother mm -hmm. and he said, mom, don't worry. I'm going to finish what dad started. Yeah. And that's one of the most memorable things as we remember this is the passion that this young man had. Uh, he didn't care for his life. He just cared that the work of the gospel would continue forward and that that work would keep going on and that more people would come to know Christ 
um, and that the loss of, his, loss of his father was not going to deter him or the church or anyone else in that community from serving God. A few years ago, uh, there was a young couple that were serving the Lord. They started a church in a very small community in Latin America. A group uh, grabbed them, took her husband, drug him into the plaza there in the center of town. They beat him, they stabbed him, and finally they shot him to death. She ran for her life running back home. And these are some of the stories of the people that have suffered and the people that are suffering in the world today. of us in the body of Christ who are not suffering physical persecution today, when we hear the stories that John and Maritza shared with us, it should make us hurt, stop and pray for our brothers and sisters that are suffering today. Like we, we who are not under that kind of persecution are actually responsible for them. We, we need to carry their burdens with them because we are a body. Paul says in Corinthians that we are one body, the body of Christ, and the one part of the body suffers. We all should, should suffer. Now, now, the truth is, most of us will not ever be persecuted uh, the way some of those brothers and sisters are dealing with, tortured, persecuted the way Stephen was persecuted. But the truth is, all of us will have to face some persecution in our journey with Jesus. When, when I look through the story of Acts, these people that turned the world upside down, our spiritual great, great, great grandparents, they suffered persecution for their faith in Jesus. Like they, they, had, they came against a lot of opposition just because they wanted to be a follower of Jesus. All of uh, the disciples were thrown in prison and, and beaten. James was put to death. Paul was thrown in prison and shipwrecked and beaten for years he was thrown in prison. And I often think, what if they had allowed what others thought about them or did to them stop them from actually getting the message of the gospel out? What if they had decided to shrink back and just go, oh man, this is, this is too hard. What if they allowed the opposition, the, the persecution to silence their voice or squelch their faith? How would you or I have ever heard about the goodness and the mercy of God and the power of the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit? We wouldn't have. I mean, think about it. What if, what if Paul, under all the persecution he was under, just went, oh, man, that's too much. I can't handle it. I'm out, man. I can't even, you know, talk to me that way. You don't treat me that way. Man, we wouldn't have half of the New Testament that we have today in our Bibles, right? See, people that turn the world upside down are gonna be persecuted for turning the world upside down, right? And there's people that were counting on them to get the message out and stand strong in their faith. And can I tell you today, church, there's people counting on you and me that we would live with a strong faith that no matter what persecution or trials or problems come at us, we do not back down, we do not silence our voice, we continue to stand in the truth of Jesus. So my question for you today is, what are you gonna do when persecution comes at you? What are you gonna do when, when, when people harass you because of your faith? When people make fun of you because of your faith? 
When, when people ostracize you or push you out at work or at school or in your friends group or in your family maybe, all because you stand up for Jesus Christ. In fact, as we were praying about this study in the book of Acts and all the different messages we could preach and, and teach on through these weeks, as I got to the story of Stephen, it was like the Holy Spirit just spoke so clearly to me. He says, Todd, prepare my people for persecution. Prepare them for persecution because let me tell you, friend, it's coming, right? And we've got to be able to have a faith that is going to stand strong, that no matter what comes against us, no matter who comes against us, man, our faith is unshakable. It is strong in who Jesus is. So what can we learn from what Stephen went through and what all of the disciples went through in the book of Acts? The first thing is you've got to prepare for it. You've got to prepare for persecution because ready or not, here it comes. In fact, Jesus gives us the promise of persecution. It's the promise that nobody wants to claim. Here it is in John 15, I mentioned it in the video. He says, if the world hates you, remember that they hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it. But you no longer, you're part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. And since it persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. It is the promise of persecution, right here. Now some preachers preach a prosperity gospel. Jesus preached a persecution gospel. Some people preach, some preachers preach a prosperity gospel, which is man, if you accept Jesus, man, all your troubles are gonna go away. Everything's gonna be a walk in the park. Man, everybody's gonna be happy, healthy, and wealthy in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, right? But Jesus didn't preach that. He said, you come after me, you're gonna take up your cross every day and die. You come after me, there's gonna be times you don't even have a place to lay your head. You come after me and you will be persecuted. Welcome to church. Aren't you glad you showed up today, right? Look what it says in 2 Timothy 3.12. He says, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, look at that, look what it says, will be persecuted. Not might be, not could be, no, you, you will be persecuted. And in 1 Peter chapter four, Peter says, dear friends, think it not strange, right? Don't be surprised when painful trials that you have to go through and that suffering as if something strange is happening to you, but rejoice that you are actually participating in the sufferings of Jesus. You know, all the disciples, were persecuted and all of them but John were put to death because of their faith in Jesus Christ, right? And, and John, they tried to kill him, but they just, they couldn't kill him, right? All of the early believers, many of the Christians in the early church, man, they were ostracized. Their families would have nothing to do with them. They viewed them as dead to them. They, they, they were ostracized by their friends groups. They, they, they were tortured for their faith in Jesus Christ. Yet all of them today would tell you, don't be surprised when you're going through persecution. Don't think it's strange. Don't be like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. Oh, woe is me. Oh, it's, I can't believe they said that to me. I can't believe they ghosted me. I can't believe. Peter would say, why can't you believe it? Don't be surprised by it. You actually have to prepare for it because when you prepare for something, you're ready for it. It's not gonna take you out. When you prepare for something, you've thought through what you're gonna do when it happens. When you prepare for something, you're ready. You're like, oh, oh, that's what this is. Oh, okay, okay, oh, 
oh yeah, that's right. Jesus said this was gonna happen, so I'm not gonna freak out or let this take me out. I'm gonna stand strong. Now, most likely, when I look at the story of Stephen, um, you're, you're probably never gonna have people throw physical stones at you, right? But in, in some ways, we may all experience just as great a challenge. Not the courage to, to, to die for our faith, but actually the courage to live for it, right? You, you most likely won't be thrown in jail for following Jesus, at least not yet. I mean, who knows, right? But you're not, you, you most likely won't have somebody picking up physical stones and throwing them at you, but, but they might come over here and pick up, pick up a stone like this and say, man, you are just so preachy. Who do you think you are trying to tell me how to live? And they throw, they'll throw this at you. They, they might pick up a stone that says you're, in, you're intolerant. Who, who do you think you are trying to tell me what's true and what's right and what's wrong? You are so intolerant. And they'll try to throw this at you at school, this at you at work. They may pick up a stone that says um, you're a hypocrite. You're judgmental. And they start throwing these, these words at you. Comments online, comments at work. They might say you're so clueless. Don't you know it's 2023? Why would you believe that? Why, you're so old fashioned. Come on, get with the program. And they'll hurl these things at you, trying to weaken your faith, trying to silence your voice. The question is, will you let these take you out? Will you allow the verbal stones that people are gonna throw at you to silence you and make you shrink back? You know, well, well maybe I am clueless. Well, maybe, well, maybe it is, uh, maybe all truth is truth and everything can work out and, uh, and, and maybe I'll just not say anything about what I believe or who I believe or what Jesus can do and who he is. Well, if you're prepared for the stones, you'll stand strong. So how do you prepare for the persecution? First thing you gotta do is you gotta know your enemy. Like you got, you got to know your enemy because you got one. And he, you gotta know his plan of attack because he is going to attack you. And you have to understand where that attack is coming from. It's not flesh and blood. It's not that other person that said that thing to you or did that thing to you. No, no, no. Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter six that we wrestle not, we fight not against flesh and blood. That's not who our struggle is against, but it's against rulers and authorities and powers in the dark world. So you gotta understand, wait a minute, I know who my enemy is. The second thing you gotta know is you gotta know the word. Like you gotta, you have to know this truth. You gotta make your faith, your faith. You don't need to ride on the coattails of somebody else's faith. You don't need to try to hold on to your mama's faith or your spouse's faith. You need this word to be your word, this truth to be your truth because it's easier to stand firm in what you believe when you know what you believe. If you don't know it, you ain't gonna stand firm, brother. If you don't know this word, if you don't know what the word of God says, what Jesus says, if, they, if you just like are holding on to the few little words I say to you on Sunday and you've not made this your faith and your word and your truth and your life, then when the first thing is thrown at you, you're gonna be gone. 
And I want you to stand strong in the word of God. I want you to put down roots that are deep, which is why we're all the time saying, man, we got classes going on. We got foundations of faith so you can relay the foundations of faith in your life. We got groups, we got men, we got crew going on all the time so you can be as a strong leader that God has created you to be. We got this amazing event coming up for the ladies and it's not about the event, it's so that you can get plugged into sisterhood and get into the word of God and allow the word to get into you. We've got our college age and our young adults and our students on Wednesday nights and CF Kids University in midweek because we want to build a foundation so that, man, each one of us know the word of God and it's in us strong so that when things come against us, we're not shaken. You got you to know your enemy, uh, you got to know the word and you got to know your people. Like you gotta know who, who's fighting alongside of you. Look around, man, they're all here. We wanna get you plugged in because the only battle you can't win is the one you try to fight alone. The one you try to fight alone, you're gonna take you out every time. So how do you stand up under persecution? The first thing you gotta do is you gotta prepare for it. The second thing you gotta do is you gotta pray through it. The only way you're gonna get through it is you've got to pray through it. And the truth is, when persecution comes, a lot of times uh, we get hurt by it. Oh, I can't believe they did that and said that. We get consumed with it. Oh, can you believe they said that to me? I don't, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said that. Did you see what they wrote on my Instagram, on my Facebook, and they said this thing? I can't believe that. <laughs> but instead of getting hurt by it and consumed by it, what if we prayed through it? When Stephen was being stoned to death in Acts chapter 7, Right at the end in verse 55, it says, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open up, the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They dragged him out of the city, began to stone him. Meanwhile, witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. We're gonna be talking about him next week. And while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell on his knees, he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he died. What I want you to notice is when this was all happening, Stephen wasn't looking around. He wasn't looking at the people that were throwing the stones at him. He, where was he looking? He was looking up. He was looking up to God. He was calling out, out to God. See, the problem is if we look up, at, look around at the people and look at what they're saying to us and all consumed by that, our focus is in the wrong place. And can I just tell you, I've had to learn this the hard way. Like when, when, when people have sent me nasty emails or said things nasty about the church or this or all that, I, I have gotten so consumed by, I call Julie, I call mom and dad, I'm like, can you believe it? Call my friends, can you believe it? Look what they are. And what am I doing? Man, I'm breathing life into what they, what they said and what they're doing. I'm keeping that alive instead of lifting up my eyes. Where does my, Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So if your help comes from up there, why don't you get looking up there? Don't be looking out at them and looking at all the problems, man. Pray through the persecution. Call out to Jesus because he knows what you're going through. He's been persecuted, he's familiar with it, and he says that my strength is made perfect when you're at your weakest. Not only do you have to pray through it, but Jesus also told us we had to pray for our persecutors. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? He's like, you gotta, you gotta pray, and remember we're talking about how do you get through it? Jesus says you gotta pray for him. Back in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount, 
And at the very beginning are the Beatitudes. Uh, Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And the very last one is the one that was on the screen just a moment ago in verse 10, where he says, blessed are those who are persecuted uh, for righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then, this is the only one of the Beatitudes, of the nine Beatitudes, it's the only one that he like double clicks on and goes, let me talk a little bit more about this one because you need to know something here. And he makes it personal. And he goes on to say in the next verse, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, be glad about it. Don't be moping about it because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets that went before you. So here's Jesus again, promise of persecution saying if you're associated with me, persecution is coming. And it's actually, there's a blessing in the persecution that is associated with Jesus because you are identifying with Christ. You are identifying with his, his suffering and what he went through. You're actually identifying with all the prophets in the Old Testament that have gone before us. Persecution actually marks our journey with Jesus. So we shouldn't think it's strange because it's just a part of the journey. But then this is where he goes next. A few verses later in verse 44, he says, same concept, remember he's just preaching about this. He says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those, say that with me, who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute, really? If I'm honest, I don't want to. I don't wanna pray for somebody that's coming against me or my family or the church or being nasty or ugly or, I don't wanna pray for them. Or if I have to, I'm like, okay, I'll pray for them. God, open their eyes up to see how wicked they are. How evil they expose them for the liars that they are. I wish I could tell you I just made that up, but that's actually a prayer I'm afraid. I'm sorry, I'm human, right? Confessions of a pastor. That's the natural way we wanna pray, but that's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's actually saying pray for them, like, like intercede for them. God, I bring them to you. God, you're the only one that can speak to them. God, help me to see what they're going through that's making them even say all those nasty things and be that way and soften my heart for them. And every time I've gotten myself to eventually praying that way for somebody coming against me, it's changed me. Like it's actually like taking something off of me. Like when it was like all this uh, uh, contention and concern and frustration and anger, it was gone because all of a sudden I'm praying for them. There's a, a, a German pastor and theologian by the name of Diedrich Bonhoeffer who stood up against the Nazi regime in Germany during World War II and the atrocities against the Jewish people. And as a result, uh, Diedrich was uh, harassed, persecuted, tortured, beaten, thrown in prison, ultimately thrown in a concentration camp and murdered. But before he died, he, he wrote these words. He said, this is the supreme command. Through the medium of prayer, we go to our enemy, we stand by his side, and we plead to God for him. Think about that. Through the medium of prayer, through prayer, I actually go stand beside my enemy, the person that is persecuting me, the person that's coming against me, and I intercede to God for them. 
But that helps you see that if he can do that, we don't have to go to a concentration camp to be praying for the people that are coming against us. And as you do this, it actually breathes freedom and life into our soul. And, and God is the only one that can change their hearts anyway. We can't change their hearts. And can I tell you that when you pray through persecution, your persecution will actually become a platform for Jesus? Have you ever thought about this? That um, it's easy to be nice and love people when they're nice to you and everything's going good and everybody's happy. But, the, but man, when, when people come against you and they're ugly towards you and they're saying nasty things about you or your family and you don't retaliate and you show grace and kindness and the goodness of God and the love of God, can I tell you that shouts of God, that declares the kindness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. So your persecution, when you pray through it, it actually becomes a platform that Jesus gets to step out on and shine bright. Because people go, how are you not getting nasty back at them? How are you not arguing back? How are you not like getting all defensive and getting all worried about it? Because there's something different on the inside of me, someone different on the inside of me. So let me just ask you before we move off this point, who is it that you need to pray for? Who is it that's been coming against you? Maybe it's even in the distant past, but you need to come alongside them and bring them before God and intercede for them. We gotta prepare for it. We gotta pray through it. And this last point is uh, really the most important point of the message. Like as I was praying about this weekend and God, your purpose of us studying this text, uh, it was all about you and me having an unshakable faith that would not crumble or bend or break, but would stand up even in the, in the fires of life. And so the third point is you gotta grow because of it. You have to grow through the persecution. James chapter one says this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of many kind or any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance in faith has a chance to what? Grow. Say those last words with me. So let it grow. You got an opportunity right now. In the middle of the persecution that you're going through, there's actually an opportunity here to let your faith endurance grow. Let God use it to grow your faith. Begin to see persecution the way God sees persecution. A lot of times we see persecution as something to be avoided at all costs. But God said, no, 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 it's actually a blessing to you because if you allow it, it's actually gonna cause you to grow. Like your faith is gonna grow stronger. So don't let it shake your faith, let it make your faith. Let it make your faith stronger. Put down some roots. Don't let it shake your faith, let it strengthen your faith. It's interesting that in the book of Acts, when the apostles faced persecution for their faith multiple times, they never prayed for God to make the persecution go away. I couldn't find it in there. They didn't, they didn't pray, oh God, deliver us from this persecution. No, they actually prayed for God to increase their boldness so that they can do what they were called to do and be who they were called to be. Look what it says in Acts chapter four, verse 29. Oh Lord, here are, here, you hear the threats against us. Give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand in healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. I want you to notice they weren't whining, complaining, 
God, I can't believe we just tried to do the right thing here and all this is coming against us. No, no, no. They were saying, make us stronger because of what we're going through. Give us a boldness to keep preaching and standing up for truth and not backing down just because everybody around us thinks we're crazy. Grow through the persecution. Now here's the secret, the way you and I will grow through the persecution. You're either gonna let persecution push you closer to Jesus or pull you away from Jesus. It's, it's either gonna make you run to God or question God. You're either gonna respond when, when persecution comes your way, and I've responded both ways, you're either gonna respond with, oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. Oh God, I'm desperate for you. I need you to show up. I need you to be my strength. I need you to help me see this the way I need to see it. I pray for your strength to help me get through it. Help me to see you in the middle of this mess I'm in. You're either gonna respond that way or you're gonna respond, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Like, why is this coming against me? Why does it seem like everybody's against me or this situation? Why aren't you answering my prayer? Why aren't you making it go away? And that causes you to push God away and you end up questioning God. So you've got a choice to make. Is it gonna, is it gonna shake your faith or is it gonna make your faith? See, there are some things you and I cannot learn unless we go through a storm. Like when the, when the disciples went through storms, they had greater revelation of God, of Jesus, right? They were in the storm. Remember the one time he stood up and he said, peace, be still, and instantly the winds and the waves and all the persecution that was coming against them stopped. They had a revelation of, of who Jesus was that they didn't have before they got in that boat. Or the one time they were in the storm and Jesus came walking on top of the water towards them. He was walking on top of the very thing that they thought they would go under, right? You get a greater, there's some things you learn only when you are walking through a storm. So the next time you face persecution because of your faith, at work, at school, with a family, with a friend, you feel like everything's coming against you, people are coming against you. The next time somebody picks up one of these and begins to throw it at you, I mean, don't let it cause you to shrink back. Question God, man, you go, oh, I must be doing something right because the devil's got my name and my face on a wanted poster in hell and he's coming after me, but devil, you're not taking me out. I'm standing strong. I'm gonna stand strong in my faith. It's actually gonna make me stand stronger in what I know, right? And not back down. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking in some obnoxious way. I'm not, dear Lord, the world's got enough obnoxious Christians in it, right? We don't, we don't need any more obnoxious Christians trying to prove a point. When I'm talking about standing strong in my faith, I'm not talking about arguing with somebody about what you believe. Because let me tell you, arguing with somebody isn't gonna help anybody. In Jesus' name. I have no idea what that is. For those of you at all the other locations, there's some alarm going off here. I think it was God trying to tell you, don't be obnoxious. Because you can actually stand strong in your faith in who Jesus is with grace and kindness and love because it's the kindness of God that's gonna lead someone to repentance. It's not gonna be you trying to prove a point. We don't stand strong in our faith to prove a point. We stand strong in our faith to point people to Jesus, amen? And then like Paul said, and I'll wrap up with this verse, like Paul said in Romans chapter one, verse 16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Look at this, I am not ashamed, say it with me, 
I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. You know what that verse of shame means, says? It just means I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed of what I believe and who I believe in. I'm not embarrassed because I know it's, it's the hope of the world. I know that Jesus is the hope of the world. So I'm not gonna shrink back, man. I'm gonna let you know. I'm, I'm not gonna shrink back at work or at school or my family. I'm gonna, in love and grace and kindness, I'm gonna let you know that there is grace and hope and life for you. So this week, when it comes at you, or next month when it comes at you, be prepared for it. Remember to pray through it. Let's begin to see it the way God sees it as an opportunity to grow. And as you do, your faith will stand up under fire. I wanna pray a couple prayers today. I wanna, I wanna pray first for those of you um, today here at our church that you're going through some persecution. Maybe it's in your family or in your workplace, but you're going through it. We're gonna pray for you today to be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit and maybe actually see it through different perspective. I also wanna pray for those of you that aren't going through persecution because someday you will. And I wanna pray that you will have a faith that is rooted so strong in Jesus that nothing will shake you in Jesus' name. And last, we're gonna pray for the brothers and sisters around the world that are today suffering persecution because of their faith. And as the body of Christ, we're gonna pray for them and pray for God's covering and strength over their lives. Would you pray with me today? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word that teaches us what we need to know so that we can live the life you've called us to live. And for many of us, we have not even considered um, that that persecution that's coming at us is actually something that will grow us. So I pray first, Lord, for those here today that are going through it, I pray you'd strengthen them, be their source, be their help, be their strength, I pray in Jesus' name. I pray that they would realize that you are for them and that your strength is made perfect in the middle of the battle that they're going through. Pray for those of us that maybe today we're not going through persecution, but when the time comes, when the words happen, when the things happen at work or in our family, that God, it would not uh, shake our faith, but it would strengthen our faith. That God, it would help us to follow you and be even more determined. So help us to know what we know and why we know it and what we believe and hold on to it and prepare for that day. And Lord, collectively as the body of Christ, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world today that are suffering unimaginable atrocities just because they love you. <laughs> Our hearts break for them. And as your church, we stand together in oneness and we pray for your comfort and your protection and your strength for them and the boldness of their faith, that their faith would not waver or shake. We pray for your covering over them. And as we continue to pray with every head bowed, if you're here today and you would say, Todd, um, I wanna get my relationship with God right. I wanna make sure that I'm in right step and sync with him so that I can experience the life that he has for me. I'm gonna pray this last prayer. And if you'd say, Todd, just include me in this last prayer to get my relationship with Jesus right. Right where you are, would you just slip your hand up and say, yeah, this prayer's for me. And hold it up high. All the rooms, those online, yeah, yeah. We're gonna pray this prayer out loud. And those of you with your hands up, just pray it a little louder. Just pray this, say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I will follow you the best I know how for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, let's thank God for those that made that decision today.
Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.